Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Look, it's hard to complain uh, when you're undefeated after four games in the league um, and a couple of really tough matches this week anyway that um, we've sort of come out with come out of with points, so not much to complain about, really. Yeah, absolutely. Best start to a uh, second division season since 1987, I think I saw, was the stat. Pretty remarkable. Um Sitting here uh, chatting to, I've completely forgotten. Were you on last week? <laughs> I've completely forgotten. No, no it was Brad. Not. It was Brad who was on last week. That's right. Um, talking about these games and talking about, uh, you know, the tough tests that Norwich and Burnley would display. And then obviously we've got West Brom to talk about as well, who we have on the weekend. Um, as a pretty tough group of fixtures and a group of fixtures that we'd sort of get a good... Um, a good sort of measuring stick of where we are compared to the top teams in the division. Um, but also a set of games where because we've had those results to start the season, we weren't as under pressure to get results in this like this couple of games. Um, but get a result we did. That win against Norwich was absolutely brilliant. Um, I do have a confession to make that I haven't actually watched either of these two games live. Um, I had a big run on the, uh, the Sunday after the Norwich game, so I wasn't able to stay up for that one. Uh, and then just plain old slept through my alarm for the Burnley fixture. So um, I have seen the highlights and I will try to talk to the games as much as possible, but I will be leaning on Dan for uh, any in-depth analysis we want to delve into with these fixtures. But I guess starting with that Norwich game, how did you see it? Um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting game. Um, I think just in general, it's been nice. Like we, We've actually played a lot of really good football so far this season. Um we were certainly started the game under the pump and Norwich came out really, really hard. Um, and I think that was, they've had a less than stellar uh, start to the season. And I think they really wanted to come out and try and make a statement and take that game, take the advantage early on, um, you know, silence the home crowd and all those sorts of things. But, and they did pressure us. I think I was just watching some of the highlights before and I actually was watching the Norwich, um, the Norwich highlights. I'd had their commentary but um, oh, right. something like um, that, I oh, just the, the one that popped up. Um, but they had, um, they're saying that in the first three minutes or three and a half minutes, mm. they'd had six shots, I think, on target. In the yeah. like, they just came out of the blocks so so hard, um, <clears throat> which I think, I guess, just goes to show like Ingram's started the season really well. The defense is still going really well. It's it, You sort of feel like, you know, we're giving away all these shots. The defense mustn't be doing their job, but I don't necessarily believe that's entirely the case. I feel like we are still working really hard as a unit and we're working hard to, to, to pressure the strikers to, you know, to limit. So they're not getting the time at least to take those shots and place them properly and everything. So I think um, there's obviously still work to, to do in there. And I think um, which it was the goal, I think, in the Burnley game that was where it was a through ball where I think Coyle was out of position, which really allowed that to them to sneak in behind and play it back across goals. But um, I thought we defended like sensationally in the Norwich game, particularly late on when we after we changed formation and we took off some of our heavy hitters and and sort of brought in the the, the backups and we switched to a much more defensive. We went to five at the back and we just sort of were playing to hold the lead. Um, you know, I think Greaves clears off, clears off the line at one yeah. point. 
Um, and just those sorts of, those are the moments that, you know, can, I guess they add up through the course of the season and, and determine how, you know, well or poorly you go. So um, I think it's sort of just a continuation because I think overall, really, realistically, last season, our defense was pretty good for the most part, bar I think one or two games. But even through that barren period to start the season last year, we weren't conceding lots and lots of goals. Um, we just were struggling to, you know, to find the net ourselves. So we sort of seem to have a bit of bit, bit, bit more balance about us this season, a bit more threat going forward. You know, the right blokes in and around the, the in the attacking third to, you know, poke the ball home and, and create some dangerous chances. And um, I think Figueredo has been a, a great acquisition, really um, solidifying that defensive line, a bit of experience, um, apart from he needs some new boots. <laughs> Which were... <laughs> there was that there was that 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 moment early in the game where he slipped over and let them in for sure. Yeah, um, and look, you say there, you know, having the right guys up front to to tap the ball home can't can't go past or Matt Oscar and and his two goals in this game. And I think I did see the comment somewhere. It might have been from uh, Dean Smith, or it might have been a, a pundit or someone saying that he was a bit fortunate or a bit lucky with his his finishes. And I don't think you can really say that because I think especially for that first goal, he um, he creates that goal himself. Like his effort and work rate to to sort of bring the ball down, first of all, then to press the defence and force that error where they've cleared it into their own man, into um, Omabamadeli, um, allows him that chance to, to score the goal. I don't think it's as simple as saying that, you know, it's not like he was just a bystander and the ball's kind of just fallen to him and he's tapped at home. He, he's created that chance himself. Second one, I mean, yes, that's a bit more right, right man, right place. But that was more of a team effort, I thought, where where we really were. We had like two or three quick shots in succession where they sort of kept it out, but he he managed to finally hammer it home. But uh, yeah, two well well taken goals. Yeah, absolutely. I think like you know, for one, you make your own luck um, as a you know standard sort of a st- statement for football. You make your own luck. Um, and two, you're absolutely, absolutely right on terms, of especially that first goal, you know, it was a heavy touch off his chest that presented the ball to the Norwich defenders anyway. Um, but he har- harassed and pressured and harried them for, for that. Um, and it's that pressure that forced them to pe- try and panic, clear it into like, and it hit their defender and bounced down. And, you know, he still had to be alert. Plenty of strike. There's plenty of strikes out there that would have turned off at that point. Even if it had hit that defender, they wouldn't have been still on their toes, still ready, still like there. So, I think, um, you know, there's still plenty of things that he did right, which I think overrules, as you said, overrules the idea of luck and you or you know, um, being fortunate in that scenario. And again, sort of the same with the second. Uh, you know, it's a shot that's blocked that bounces out to a shot that's blocked that bounces out to a shot that's blocked that bounces out and he's there to tap at home, um, you know, quickest to react. So I don't really get any, I think it's just more sour grapes. It's, it's, it's the like, leg all season all over again, isn't it? It's like, you, <laughs> I think you said in our chat, it's like listening to them all in the league ones season. Every time we'd win someone else, someone would say that, Oh, they didn't deserve the win. And we, you know, we were unlucky or whatever. Just it's nonsense. I don't know. I guess it's their way of, trying to save grace or something yeah absolutely i think norwich under a bit of pressure with the way they've started so any any sort of excuse i expect um seri was not fit for this game again also not fit for the burnley game but how did you see 
I guess, the shape that we lined up with in midfield. I think it was Jones who sort of pushed into that midfield role um, and seemed to play particularly well there. Look, um, the last two games have, are going to make it very interesting for when series fit again is my take on it because regardless of you know his experience last year and the wages he's on um at at worst the team has performed on par with when he was in the in the team uh in the yeah in the 11 but i'd argue to say that they've actually performed better in these last two games and that may very well be that we're just two games further into the season and it's a bit more you know they're a bit uh up to match fitness, you know, more, but I don't, it, for, you know, when you look at them, like the names on paper and you go, oh, you know, Sari's out and we've got Jones in, not, and this is not meant to be a slide on Jones, but you sort of go, oh, that's a big loss, but I don't think we really felt it. And I feel like we've actually, actually played. Yeah. I, I feel like Jones actually played better than Sari has so far this season. So. And I think I like the thing with Jones as well. We saw it, I think, towards the end of last season as well. He was playing that midfield role. Um, the flexibility that it does mean that he can drop into a back three if needed when we're defending. And then when we are attacking, he can push forward that bit more. Um, I think he offers that flexibility that obviously Sari couldn't really drop into a back three if needed. Um, so it means if we need to make a sub or whatever, it gives us many a lot more options in terms of how we want to change our shape. I also feel like, I don't know whether it's just the start of the season, but it feels like Seri hasn't been all that mobile, less than I was expecting. Um, whereas Jones and Slater together are a very, very mobile, very agile pairing. And that sort of, um, I think it, it's benefited us in that sense, I think, mostly. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and then Ramsey for, for Norwich. I mean, we, we had an Aaron Ramsey goal against us uh, and his namesake playing for Norwich today well, on the on the weekend for them. Uh, missed a couple of decent chances to, to level it up. So I think, as you said, you know, in terms of making your own luck in games, certainly the luck wasn't with Norwich. I mean, they, they not through a lack of trying, they did try to sort of hammer the door down. Um, so you could argue on another day, maybe we don't walk away with the three points, but you know, coupled with, you know, a terrific display from Ingram, as you said earlier as well, Greaves clearing that header off the line as well, um, was just a, a terrific defensive display from us. Yeah, I think um, if buddy Dean Smith's going to be upset about anything, it should be that Ramsey miss because he was sliding in at the back post. He had open goal, open net, nothing, but he just had to tap and he somehow managed to put it up and wide. So... Um, that that'd be my real concern if I was the if I was the gaffer at Norwich. But um, yeah, look, they did they really did pressure um, real very very early. We went under a lot of pressure and we sort of wrestled that back a little bit through the middle section of the game. But once we got uh, the two ahead and we reverted to a more defensive shape, um, they then really hammered us again for about probably the last twenty minutes of that game, and we did really really well to um, to to keep them out. So. Um, a really good, I think just, it's a good all-round performance against, you know, a team that many were expecting to sort of, you know, with, with you know, they've still got um, Pookie and some of those guys that, like, you know, last time I was in the championship, scored a, scored a bag full, you know, is, um, you know, quality at this level. So um, I think we've done well to contain contain that, that's, that squad, that side. 
Yeah, absolutely. We've got the comment in the chat as well about Tufan taking a better corner than Sarri as well. And it's a player we haven't really touched on yet, and I'll probably talk more about him in the Burnley fixture. But we've sort of been going on about him in the chat that, you know, I have to hold my hand up. Um, I think I, I don't think I've been more wrong about a City signing than I've been about Ozan Tufan and the way that he started his City career. Yeah, look, it's um, when we, I remember when we, we signed him and we were looking at, you know, what the Watford uh, fans were saying and how, you know, he's just, you know, he's overweight and he wasn't fit and he didn't really show anything. And I don't know what, whether they, whether Watford actually got the same bloke. It can't possibly be <laughs> because he's been absolutely sensational for us. And I don't know whether that, it must come down to the, the, the dressing room and, you know, Ajun and Shota and those guys, because whatever they've done, they made, they've obviously made him feel at home and welcome and made him feel important um, because he's just been beyond my expectation, especially even, even from the preseason to now. I watched in a couple of the preseason games and I thought, there's, he's got some quality, but he doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like he's putting a lot of effort in. And I was sort of like, oh, it's reminding me much of like the Ben Arthurs and the Markoviches and, you know, the guys that had all the potential in the world but didn't really want to put a shift in. Um, but, boy, has he proved us wrong or proved me wrong. I think I think the only comparison I can think of in terms of such a stark turnaround in perception of a player is uh, probably Alex Bruce. And, and go with me on this comparison. But basically, when we signed Alex Bruce in a similar way, I think my perception was, oh, we're signing the manager's son, he's not very good, you know, he's going to probably start most games and be awful and he's just going to drag the side down. And in a similar way, signing Tufan, I thought, oh, we're signing him because he's Turkish, Ajun loves him, he's going to be in the starting 11 every week, sort of dragging the side down, managers can be forced to play him. And in both cases, the players actually proved me completely wrong and are actually brilliant contributors to the side. Um but he's, that's probably the only comparison I can think of in terms of a player coming in with such a, I guess, sort of a, a negative or a hesitant perception of them and then um, absolutely proving us wrong. Um, we'll talk more about Tufan in a second with that Burnley fixture, but just before we do, um, I'll get your MVP votes for this one and then we'll uh, chat Burnley. Um, I think I'm going to go three points, and this is going to feel real harsh, but I'm going to go three points to Ingram. Um, because of, of like, I mean, one, the amount of saves that he made, but on top of that, a couple of really, really important ones, particularly off as a free kick late um, uh, that Sad Manesh had given away, uh, that Nunez took again and got it around the wall and in towards the, the far post that Ingram dived sensationally to push around the post. Um, and he really, I think he preserved... I guess between him and Greaves preserved the three points. So I'll go three to Ingram. I am going to give two to Oscar. Um, I guess, you know, a point for each goal. Um, <laughs> it feels harsh because he probably does deserve three as well, but I'm not allowed to do that. Um, for And, you know, it's good to see him off the mark and, you know, hopefully now he can go on a bit of a run um, involved again at Burnley. So that's good. Two goals and an assist now so far. So looking good. And I'll give... Um, well, the one point to Greaves, and for that, the clearance off the line amongst many other in, um, important tackles. Yeah, great shout. Yeah, I've, I've basically gone the same three, and I've just flipped Oscar and Ingram. So I've gone Oscar for my three votes, Ingram for the two, and Greaves for the one. Yeah, Oscar getting the three votes for the two goals. Um, 
having having only watched the highlights, of course, I'm going to be very much swayed by that sort of positive action. There were there was a few fantastic saves as well um, highlighted for Ingram, so that that was certainly deserving of the two votes. Um, and then yeah, Greaves for that header off the line um, as a fantastic defensive display from him. Um, okay, well, so just quickly before we go into the Burnley game, um, for everyone listening along, um, if you're enjoying this content, if you can like and subscribe to the uh, to the channel, would be brilliant. Um, the more viewers that we get, the more it gets shared around. Um, is always great to get more more viewers, more opinions, more um, comments as well. So that would be fantastic. Um, okay, so that Burnley game one one as well. So well, not as well, but one one, um, meaning that we've gone. Another game undefeated, which is fantastic to see. Um, no changes from the previous side, which was uh, also good. I mean, I guess great to see a bit of consistency in the side. Although, as we sort of said, Seri's still out with um, that injury doubt. And it sounds as if he might not be back for the West Brom game either. So that will be um, an interesting one to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we sort of, we've already sort of touched on um, that two-fan goal uh, with that brilliant header flicked on from Oscar to sort of set him through um, and just the composure. I just thought the composure was brilliant from him. And that's the sort of thing that I think we've been missing in the side in previous seasons, as, as you sort of touched on as well with that Norwich game, to have someone with that confidence and that ability to to take that chance and, and to finish it as, as cleanly as he did. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. That over previous seasons with the players that we've had um, and even some of the players that are still in the squad, I you know, I feel like that's the sort of chance that Wilkes would have stuffed up, you know, would have taken it in the box and then not felt comfortable to, you know, on his right or something and tried to pull it onto his left and done, you know, some something strange and, and sort of ruined the, the thing or just absolutely blasted it into the, you know, bloody into the stands. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the awareness, you know, positioning, and you know, a nice turn of pace as well. Um, on top of the surprising, uh, the, yeah, the, the composure um, to to put that away, yeah, was was sensational. So I think, yeah, he's. I guess we we did just talk about him before, but again, like just reiterating, he's blowing away uh, my expectations for how uh, impactful he would be so soon. I thought, like, by you know, midway through the season, maybe he'd start to sort of get up or after 10 games or so, he'd get up and running and sort of start, you know, he'd get fit or something and he'd be have a little bit of impact. But he's um, started, you know, started like a house on fire. Um, an interesting element of having not watched the game live is that, of course, I sort of looked at the stats before having seen the highlights of the game. And my first instinct looking at the possession stats and the, uh, the shot statistics as well is, gee, you know, we've sort of come away, you know, we, we've kind of stolen a point here. Um, given the way that Burnley seemed to be dominating the fixture. So it is interesting then to get the view of someone who actually did watch the game and has a much better perspective of the game than I did um, to sort of say, you know, we did actually have quite a few chances that maybe didn't result in actual shots on goal, um, but that it sort of indicated the game was a lot more even than it than it looked really. Yeah, I think, um, I guess that's the sort of, that's one aspect you lose when you've only got the stats to look at is they don't necessarily tell the whole picture. Um, there's only so many things that they can they can measure. Um, so I feel like, you know, absolutely, if you look at the stats, it, it would have very felt very much like Burnley dominated the game. And there were large sections of the game where they had us under, you know, um, a fair bit of pressure. Um, but it felt tactically like we were set up for that. We were playing 
it, we were playing counter-attacking football against Burnley for whatever reason. Um, I assume that they'd identified something that 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 meant that that was the way to go. Um, which again, like, is a nice change. Some ta- some diverse tactics being um, presented so far to us this season with a couple of different formations and some different you know play styles. So um, that's that's nice as well. Um, but yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. How, how you feel about? I mean, coming from a Grant McCann side where we were basically just four three three week in week out uh, until he was forced to change. I I think there's sort of two ways to look at it. It's sort of you know the manager trying to find his best formation and to settle on a formation, or he's actually adapting and changing the, the the style and the formation of the side to the players that he's got available and the sides that we're facing. And I mean, you can't really argue with the results we've got so far. Yeah, look, it feels a lot, uh, in my opinion, that um, lots of people wrote Shutter off before the season had even started. There was lots of people who were unimpressed by, you know, the back end of last season, um, which I don't really understand. Like by the end, by the time we got to January and we brought him in, like the goal was very clearly just to survive in the championship, which we did. So I don't really get the the hatred. Um, I always, I think we've, we said, and it was always that, that this season would be the real test of his credentials, whether he would make it is once he was able to assemble his own squad and, and do what he wanted to do. Um, but I think we're really starting to see there's quite a lot of tactical um, and strategic knowledge um, within, within Avaladze because um, just, yeah, the ability to, to, I think take stock of the situation at a given point in the game, you know, and considering that he obviously knows the players and knows, you know, which ones he, like, you know, sound, you know, trusts, I guess, to, to get the job done, which ones he, you know, knows we can play attacking football with, which ones we just have to sort of, you know, at the moment we've got quite a few injuries and I guess there's some that are maybe making this, the, you know, making the match day squad, which he may not choose if the full squad was fit and healthy. Um, but I, I mean, it's, I, I just, I think it's a nice change. I think I, I feel like he's showing his tactical um, nous really. I feel like they've been, he's made for the most part, I think good subs at, at good times. Um, the, the only issue is that the quality that we're bringing on, yeah. the, the depth that we have at the moment. Um, but bearing in mind, we've got, three signings to get uh, announced shortly. Um, yeah. We've got how many on the injury table? You got the, well, there's Seri. We haven't haven't even seen Cynic. We ha- we're not going to see Traore for a while. Obviously, Side Manesh joins the injury list. Who else is Fleming's on the injury list? Baxter um, as well. Um, I think he was on the bench for the Burnley was game, wasn't he? Okay. I think. I think I he was on the bench that. for the Burnley game. Um, but, yeah, so we've got quite a few players. Longman and Williams. And Williams is coming back as yeah. well. <laughs> so there's – I think he's doing he, – he's making the best of what he's got. And he's uh, – I feel like the cho- the choices and the changes that he's making are, you know, are fairly appropriate for, for the situations that he's, that he's been making them. Um, and I was talking about something, and then we've gone off on a big tangent, and I forgot. Yes, what I was sorry, about. I forgot. What we were oh, talking the stats about. and the game. And, yeah. Um. So, stats don't tell the full story. Uh, Burnley did dominate four sections of the game, but I felt like, um, 
we created lots of attacking opportunities that didn't necessarily result in shots on target. Um, still not heaps, but um, you know, if we've, if it, I don't know what the final stats were, but it wouldn't have been many shots, maybe six or something. If it was six shots we had or something, then I'd say there was probably another three or four opportunities that didn't result in um, shots. So I don't know. I thought I thought we managed the game pretty well. Um, the I sort of mentioned earlier that the goal came, you know, uh, the through ball slipped in behind uh, Coil, which then I can't remember the their winger, but just played it across the. Yeah, yeah just um, like a, a okay, breakaway is a dangerous yeah. one that happened. Yeah, um, across the box for Rodriguez to um, pretty much like tap in on the line. So. Um, yeah, that was the probably the most disappointing part. And Figueredo needs some, yeah, needs some studs. Slipped twice in that game, um, which could have been dangerous. But again, but that's, I guess, it comes down to, you know, you could say you could bring the luck back into the equation again there. But I think there's enough, you know, it swings aroundabouts as we say. It's luck here and luck there, and everyone had a bit and lost a bit, and but. but yeah, well, and, and a player who was particularly unlucky was um, Ali um, out with a torn hamstring for potentially four to six weeks, I think was the um, prognosis. Um, so I, I, I saw a comment somewhere suggesting that, you know, that sort of puts in doubt his World Cup chances, but I don't think it's quite that significant because what are we now, middle of August, so he'd be back sort of start of October with a month and a half, two months to the World Cup. So I think that should be okay, um, assuming no setbacks. Um, it does mean that it's... I'd actually started begun to to think the last couple of weeks that for someone like a Ryan Longman, that getting injured at the start of the season was a really unfortunate timing for him, and we might not actually see a whole lot of him in the city squad just because of the fact we are reinforcing with so many forward players, um, and that getting injured meant that he wouldn't get that sort of chance to get into the squad. It does sort of present that chance now if he is fit. I guess the other option being Williams if he's the one to come in. But do you sort of see those two, I guess, as the main, I guess, the right wing or right forward option, I guess you'd say? Yeah, I can't really think of anyone else who's really going to benefit that much from that. Um, I mean, from... Wilkes, if he hangs around, I guess, but I, I don't think he will. Yeah, I just, I can't see, I just can't see him starting. That's the, mm. you know, I just, he just doesn't seem to show a- enough. Um, and I feel like he's this obviously showed a no. It's like Shota's come out and said that he he likes Wilkes. That he knows there's something to him, and he's going to try and you know he wants him to stay and fight, and he wants to try and get the best out of him. And um, and I feel like maybe he's giving him a little bit of game time, you know, trying to tease that out of him, say, "Got to show you know here's your opportunity, take your opportunity." But he just doesn't really he just lumps around he really just doesn't do a lot um which is really disappointing because we've seen him you know in the league one season and we've seen what he can do and we've seen him at his best and he just hasn't he just hasn't shown it um really for a better season really i wonder if it's all a bit of mind games with chef wednesday to try to get them to up their offer i know that sort of that sort of died off in the last couple of weeks but I wonder if we're sort of saying, well, you know, we're happy to keep him, we're happy to play him um, to see if they'll actually come in and, and give us a little bit more because, yeah, it's going to be interesting once we'll talk in a little bit about the uh, the new signings that are coming in in the next couple of days. 
uh, as you sort of said before, I just don't see a spot in the match day squad for him, let alone the starting 11 once, once we've got everyone signed up. Yeah. And he has, he's not ever really shown that he's one who's actually going to fight, you know, for his place and put his head down and work to improve. And he's when he's in the squad and he's, you know, been, but he's fine, but he just hasn't, you know, whenever there's been actual competition, genuine competition for his spot, he sort of buckles and just yeah. can't um, can't maintain the, the rage or can't, yeah. So it's a bit disappointing, but... Um... I guess we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we sort of t- we, we sort of touched on there the uh, the goal for for Burnley um, and the shape. I guess. Um, I mean, yeah, we sort of talked about Coyle being out of position as well, but I, th- I feel like Ali as well potentially on that wing because looking at it on the replays, it seemed as if they kind of split that ball between Ali and Coyle and really just got in um, to tap at home. Um, I think I actually heard the stat that. Ingram was about eight minutes away from breaking the record for yeah. away <laughs> minutes of clean sheets or something like yeah. that from um, Van der Sar, which is pretty crazy. Um, it, it's an interesting one because, I mean, we've only kept one clean sheet in the first four. As you sort of said, it's similar to similar to how we started last season where we weren't conceding many, but the difference this time around is that we're actually scoring a couple mm-hmm. up the other end. So, you know, where we might have had a 1-0 defeat last year we're actually getting a 2-1 win this time around um so it's interesting i mean like if we can start turning some of these performances into clean sheets and <laughs> actually it makes us a whole lot more more solid um going forward as well um so i think there's still a lot of areas of improvement i guess you'd say yeah absolutely i think we've set um a really good foundation for the season ahead um probably even better than i would have expected for the first four games um, but yeah, I think uh, we have both touched on that. There are certainly some areas that can still be improved, um, and whether that is going to come through the you know acquisitions and, and the signings that we've made, and whether that um, extra squad squad depth and things is going to be the driving force behind that. But a couple of um, areas of improvement, which I think primarily um, are in I feel like defensively wide, our left and right backs are probably the the weakest section of our back line and tightening their, I don't know, communication or positioning up in a, in a back four is one thing that needs to improve. And I think once we get some fit wingers actually driving down the line and putting decent crosses in, because that's probably been a really disappointing part for Oscar is that we haven't actually put many good crosses into the box for him. Um, and also for like, you know, get Tete off the wing. Um, he's doing a, a great job out there, but it's not really his, yeah, not really his go. So, um, which again, like once you get actual wingers out there and then you're going, okay, well, Oscar is, is come coming off. Then you're throwing Tete on instead of Wilkes into the, um, you know, center forward role. And you know, it's a very, suddenly you can actually still play, you know, the same game for the 90 minutes potentially. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, well, we will talk about those signings in just a second. Um, I'll give my MVP votes first of all for this one. Um, hard to go past fan for the three votes. I thought his goal was really well taken. I think he created a couple of decent chances as well. Um, his ability on the ball to just sort of open up the play was really fantastic. Um, I think it was in this game where 
he and Oscar just sort of had this really sort of almost like a ping pong sort of one, two, one, two, three sort of passing between them to really open up the play. And then suddenly Oscar was away into midfield to play the ball up the field um, where the commentator was also sort of saying how they just make it look so easy. And and that's that sort of quality play that we haven't had in previous seasons. Um, and the the sort of the understanding between the, the players is just sort of escalating each and every game that we're seeing. So um, that's great to see as well. Uh, two votes for someone we haven't really talked of, uh, talked about, but um, Regan Slater. Um, I think the fact that he's sort of made that midfield spot his own uh, uh, on merit, you know, he, he's he's in that starting 11 despite all of the high-profile and high-money signings that we've made um, as a player that we signed for £50,000 back in January. Um, I was about to say, probably the best £50,000 signing Incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so two votes for him. I think he's having, he's put, put together a great opening month of the season and um, I'm hoping that he can uh, sort of hold on to that starting 11 spot and just keep going from strength to strength. Um, and then I've given the one vote to Oscar. I thought that that flicked on header for the assist for Tufan and then his, um, his play in the game as well. I think having got those two goals to get off the mark against Norwich gives him that sort of confidence that we're now seeing in his general play. Um, and just exciting to see what he's going to do over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've gone a, very similar, um, but I've got a slight change. I've just given my – so I've gone three to two fan um, for all of the reasons you gave. Um, sensational, you know, created created lots and lots of opportunities, you know, scored the goal, um, great all-round performance. I've gone two to Slater um for I, I guess just another really strong performance and a couple of like key moments where when we've been under pressure he's found a way to drive the ball out of out of danger and release um you know i think on against burnley it was we got almost got stuck with it on the edge of the box um it bounced out slater took it beat burned two players drove forward you know 10 or 15 yards and then played a long ball over the top. I think that was the one that Ali did his ham- hamstring on. Oh, yeah. Um, played the ball over in front of Ali, who then drove it into the box. And, you know, I think if he hadn't um, done his hamstring there, I think that would have been a second goal. Yeah. Because it feels like he's driving and then something happens and he take and it forces him to take his touch away from the goal and it puts him into um, a bit of trouble. But, yeah, I think two for Slater, another outstanding um, game and with that moment being one of the big ones, I'm just going to give my one to Jones to complete the midfield trio. I think um, he had another really solid game. Um, a couple of like little dicey moments, but I think that you know recovered well and did enough right um, that deserves a mention. Yeah, good shout, good shout. Okay, well, yeah. So off-field discussion. So transfer news. Um, we did hear, I think it was prior to the Norwich game, that we basically agreed a fee with Birmingham for Ryan Woods, um, formerly of Brentford as well. Um, don't know a whole lot about him. I mean, central midfielder, short, right ahead. So we're sort of thinking in the mould of Stephen <laughs> Quinn, perhaps. Um, uh, heard that he's quite versatile. He can play either right back or left back as well. So sort of as you were touching on before that added depth or added um, option at, at fullback as well is um, is a promising one. Um, sort of came out of left field. I mean, we hadn't really heard any mentions of that as a potential transfer before 
news essentially broke that he was having his medical and um, left out of the squad for Birmingham on the weekend and then was pictured with Ajun at the Burnley game on uh, Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning our time as well. So that seems like that's just... I don't know what it is about the new media team. They seem to love a, a love a transfer announcement. They they'll let everything else be uh, sort of pictured and and known about the player before they actually announce it. So we're just sort of waiting for that to become official um, for Woods. Um, I'm just wondering if yeah. um, if Woods is because wasn't there like there was a player that was a couple of weeks ago where Ajun said, "Oh, there's a there's a player that no one's talking about." Yeah, it could be. Yeah, <laughs> wondering if Woods is that player. Yeah, no, that's right. Because um, literally uh, every other player we've signed has at least been linked in some way before before we've announced. But Woods just has absolutely come just out popped of, out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, out of nowhere. So yeah, no, good shout. So it could be that. Uh, and then yeah, as you sort of said, the other two being Pelkis and uh, uh, Devis Oglu from Brentford. Uh, hello, Devis Oglu. I mean, hello is probably going to be an easier way to refer to him. Um, pretty pretty decent player as well. I mean, Brentford have sort of said that, well, Brentford supporters, I should say, have sort of said they're surprised that he had dropped down to the championship. Obviously, there's that Turkish connection with Ajun, so I think he's probably uh, considering a move that he wouldn't have otherwise considered for that factor. Uh, got the assist for one of their goals on the opening day of the season, so he has been in and around their Premier League squad. Uh, wasn't in the squad on the weekend for their game against United, which I'm sure he would have enjoyed being part of that. Um, but it, but again, I mean, not being involved in the squad indicates that that transfer is also reasonably close. So, you know, a, a winger in Pelkos, a, a forward slash a, a number 10 sort of player in Halil, and then Woods is sort of more of that central midfielder. Um, what do you make of those three as, I, I say potential signings, but I mean, looking pretty likely. I think, um, I, I mean, I think they're, I mean, time will tell whether they're good, but I feel they seem like they're the right sort of acquisitions that we need to fill out the depth in the squad. It sort of means that, um, like, someone like Woods, if he's on the bench, means that someone like Cannon is probably not on the bench. Um, And just, you know, we're talking, like, slight upgrades. And the same thing, you go, well, okay, well, if Devis Goglu's on the bench and fighting between Tede and Oscar for the starting, then it means that, you know, Wilkes or maybe... You know, maybe Wilkes and you know Cavill at some point maybe don't make the bench, um, and it just I think they're just depth and the same like with with Pelkas wherever he ends up whether that's as you know as a ten or as a winger, um, that you know it's just more more depth and hopefully more I mean should be more quality so I think they'll would they'll be good acquisitions in that regard. And it's pretty incredible to think, I mean, an undefeated start to the season, best start since 1987, sitting second in the table, and we're, we're strengthening the squad. We're not sitting here, you know, two years ago, three years ago, whenever it was, when we were a point off the playoffs come January, and then we sold Jared Bowen and tumbled down the table. We're not sitting here selling a player. We're not, you know, well, knock on wood that Jacob Graves doesn't go anywhere, but we're not, we're not under any sort of pressure or stress that we're going to have to sell a player before the end of the window. We're actually looking to strengthen the squad. So um, it, it sort of bodes well for, for where we can look to aim for this season if we can sort of kick on from this start. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I'm just trying to think. Cause my, my thing's always been at the, like after the 10 games, it's like, I wonder what was, what was my red flag? I think it was not scoring goals. Yeah, I think it was. And, I think mine was conceding too many goals and yours was yeah, not, not scoring, scoring goals or something. Yeah, um, yeah, I was worried that after, you know, if we got to 10 games and, and Oscar hadn't found the net and, you know, Tete or whatever, you know, Ali hadn't found the net. Well, I mean, obviously, Ali's not going to after 10 games, I don't think. But 
um yeah i think it it's we're sort of we're on the right track and you know you just got to keep collecting points and you stay in that you know top little section stay in that um top six if you keep collecting points so um just look forward to the weekend and you know collect some more points hopefully yeah absolutely well before we go on to talk about that game on the weekend we'll we'll play our uh our game of who am i so i'll give you four clues the first being the league appearances and goals for for city um the year that they joined city and then the year they departed their position and the number in their shirt and then finally their initials uh so are you ready for this round of who am i i'm as ready as i'll ever be Alrighty. Uh, so the first clue is I made 17 league appearances for City and I scored four goals. 17 and four. <laughs> That's probably the first time that this first clue is actually like a good... Uh, good insight into the player because it's such a such a strange three numbers <laughs> yeah i'm like 17 that's the 17 that's catching me i could think of a bunch of players who would have scored like four goals but i'm like who has made so few appearances the second clue might might help on that one if you want the second one yeah i'm fully like i, I yeah i'm pretty much blanking on the, the off the first clue Okay, so I joined City in uh, in 2017 on loan and departed the end of the season at the end of the loan. So Is 17. That... So that's uh, I, I don't want to narrow it down too far to help too much, but so 16-17 was my, uh, the Premier League season, and then 17-18 was the Leonard Slutsky and Nigel Atkins season. So you're looking at okay. someone in one of those seasons. Uh, then I'm going to take a stab and say Nias. Yeah, spot on. <laughs> I was thinking I was thinking you might go either Nias or uh, Markovic, who you actually mentioned earlier in the uh, earlier in the show. I think he would have scored pretty similar, I reckon. I think he scored two or three for us as well. So no, good shout on Nias. Uh, <laughs> I, th- yeah. I I did th- I thought the seven t- the four and seventeen was a was a good one to sort of um, yeah um, yeah that did throw me and then when you said then you said talk about players that joined on loan for a bit and I was like then I was thinking about like like Chris Martin and freaking <laughs> everyone I'm like how did he score four I feel like he didn't score any did he get maybe one I was like oh, I don't yeah know. <laughs> no and, good shot yeah good okay. stuff. Okay, well, uh, we'll talk now about that game against West Brom this weekend. So we've got um, – I was actually surprised to see we've only got the one game this week. I thought we were basically into the um, into the rhythm of two games a week, but uh, fortuitously we've got um, a week's break between this game and the next one. But coming up against Steve Bruce as West Brom manager, I think we played them once with him as manager last season where I think they beat us 1-0, I want to say. Um they're similarly to Norwich coming into this game under a little bit of pressure. They don't have a win in their first four games. They they drew this morning. I think it was nil nil uh, with uh, who did they play? I think they played Cardiff or someone. I'll double check on that. Um, but yeah, a bit of pressure for them uh, as a result of that. They they've recruited quite heavily over the summer. They brought in 
uh, John Swift from Reading and Jed Wallace from Millwall. So two pretty attacking creative players um, who will no doubt cause us a couple of issues going forward. Um, but look, I mean, I tend to think, I mean, looking at the games that we've just played against Norwich and Burnley, I see no reason that we should be concerned or overly concerned coming up against them. Yeah, look, I know um, heading obviously into those games against Norwich and, and Burnley, there was, we, we sort of was sitting looking at the upcoming fixtures going, Norwich, Burnley, West Brom, those are three tough games, um, you know, to play in succession. Um, and we sort of said, oh, this will be the real barometer. This will be the real test to see where we're at. Um, and, you know, to pick up, you know, four from the six available so far um, is is outstanding. And I think the manner of those performances as well will give a lot of um, a lot of confidence to, to the to the squad. Um, disappointing uh, for Ali, um, obviously in that Burnley game. So, but I think um, I, I see no reason why we um, shouldn't be expecting to take points. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I think absolutely that there's no reason to there's no reason to approach this game as a you know oh well we've got to set up as a defensive team and just sort of try and battle away for a point. Um, I think certainly like with the Burnley game, maybe late on if we're if we're drawing, maybe we do settle for a point just because the the, the impressions I get of West Brom at least early in this season is that they haven't clicked particularly well in attack, and so there might be that opportunity just to sort of frustrate them and wear them down in that manner. Um, but look, as you said, I mean, if we'd sort of said before these three fixtures, oh, you can have four points or five points from West Brom, Burnley and Norwich, we'd have taken that quite happily. Um, and you sort of think, as, as we sort of said, so, you know, getting through these three games, if we were to still be undefeated coming out the other side, um, it's a real statement of intent for the rest of the league as well. I, I think I already know there's a lot of people sort of saying, you know, how a, how a whole up in second like people people have just sort of associated us with you know just coming up from league one a couple of seasons ago not being a not being not being you know a club of the same stature perhaps as a Sunderland so you don't have that automatic assumption that we'll bounce back and start challenging for promotion so quickly um but people are going to start sitting up and taking notice I think so it's certainly an interesting game uh, from a narrative point of view in that sense, that, that I think if we are to come away with a point or three points against West Brom, I think the dynamic of the season suddenly starts to look a whole lot different for us. Yeah, and I think um, probably one important aspect of that that hasn't been mentioned uh, by us at least so far is the impact that the fans have had. Yeah. Um, you know, the home games, the stadiums have been chockers, I think, between the... Uh, which, which the Norwich, first the yeah, second, I meant to mention that Norwich then, game, yeah. And then Norwich, like they jumped, there was another thousand or something fans at the Norwich game than in the previous home game. So, um, and, you know, a good uh, away support at the other games as well. As, as well. So I think um, the, the impact, I don't know, it's the rejuvenation of the club in as a whole, you know, we've we've ended, got got through last season you know, had had the transition and the change and, and now, you know, it's a new season and it's a fully new regime and a new squad. And I think the positivity that surrounds the place in general um, is is sensational. I think that is, you know, a big part of, of the success that we're having as well. And I don't think that can be understated in any in any way. 
No, 100%. I actually did mean to bring that up with the Norwich game when um, Oscar scored. I think it was the first goal and the stadium just erupted. And um, the noise that's being created and the, the sort of the passion and the joy from the supporters each and every game. And, you know, there was the news recently that they're opening the West Upper for the Chef United home game. So it seems as if the demand is there, the tickets are there. Um, and, and sort of you just think, you know, the crowds are just going to go up and up this season as as that wave of positivity and optimism sort of surges through the city. Um, you know, it's it's sort of funny with Bruce coming back to the, to the MKM, we haven't seen crowds like this since those years under Bruce in the Premier League. And it'll be, you know... You sort of think like in recent years when the when the players have sort of, you know, praised the supporters and praised the atmosphere in the stadium, it's felt a little hollow because, you know, they're sometimes playing in front of eight or 9,000. But now, genuinely, they have this huge sort of emotional support behind them each and every game. Yeah, I think I think you touched on the noise and it's been it's been outstanding. You can there's not been like a quiet moment in any of the, the games that we've played at the MKM. Um, which has been great, whereas last season and in the previous seasons um, where, you know, you, you can, there's, there's nothing, you can hear the refs whistle easily and all those sorts of things. You can hear the manager yelling at the players. And so you can't hear any of that now. The, the mics can't pick it up because the crowd is so loud and you can hear the chants and it's just, it's such a good feeling. I wish I, you know, I wish I could be over there and a part of it, but yeah. stuck on yeah. the wrong side of the world. Yeah, that's right. I mean, like the last game I went to was against Chef United, where I think we would have only had, it would have been one of those sort of 8,000 sort of um, crowds where I just remember rocking up with my tickets for my seat. And I'm like, I could have taken my pick of any seat in the bay pretty much because it was that empty. Um, and, and I had, and obviously I had been there for Premier League games where the the place was full and, and the comparison was so stark. Um, so to see it getting back to that sort of level is, yeah, it's a brilliant place to be when it's rocking like that. And, um, yeah, can't wait to try and get back over and experience that again. Um, and that's sort of, as we say, it can only be galvanizing the players. And so it must be, it must be a huge sort of, I guess, 12th man almost for the players in these home games. Um, and it looks like it's worked with moving the away supporters and having, having the home supporters behind each goal just to help sort of increase that volume and, and increase that support for City at both ends. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where, you know, it, most of the decisions that Ajun and his team are making seem to be the right ones. So um, I think, yeah, it's just it's just positive all around. And there's, as I, I think I topped the episode by saying, I don't really have a lot to complain about. And yeah. the more you talk about this, the scenario and the situation, the less I can find, you know, to complain about. There's just so many yeah. positives just in general around the club at the moment. Um, and after a few difficult years, um, it is it is like genuinely just a joy to 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 watch and and you know, albeit you know through iFollow, but uh, to watch and experience you know the success of the club. Yeah, I mean, when you think about like this podcast, this podcast started with our prom first promotion. Well, I shouldn't say first, our promotion season to the Premier League under Bruce, where he then resigned in that summer. So we had. I think four or five episode first season, and that was preview. That was that season, which was probably the last time the club's been as upwardly mobile and optimistic as it has been now. Other than I guess that League One season, which was also a pretty awesome season to follow. But um, you know, those last few years under the Alums, after Bruce left, and and the sort of turmoil and the managers and the, the crowds dropping and everything. This is this is 
sort of the the most positive the club has been since we've been covering City, um, which is is just awesome to see. Um, I guess yeah. So finally, just on the game, um, any changes to the lineup that you would make for this one? Obviously, Ali out. I guess we sort of touched on earlier potentially Longman or, or Williams to come in for him, um, and any others. I can't see any reason to make any other um, unforced changes. I think everyone's been doing a, a great job, and as long as they've all pulled up fit and fine and healthy, then I would keep them the same. Um, I'd suggest that Williams will probably come in on that um, right flank for for Ali. Um, he's been coming off the bench the last couple of games, um, so that that's probably about about it, really. Fair enough. Um, and then just a score prediction for this one. Do you see City pulling out another win? Look, I was really unsure about what I was, you know, it's one of those ones, again, like if you'd asked me a week ago before these last couple of games, I probably would have said, oh, we'll probably, you know, maybe we'll you know, lose 1-0 or 2-0. And, and now I'm torn between how positive I want to be uh, or how realistic. Um, I sort of feel like a point is, a, is an absolute minimum. Um, I'd... I'd almost the way we've been playing and, you know, looking at a team that's not going uh, anywhere near where they probably expect to be going. It's a good opportunity to capitalize on that. Um, I'm, I'm just going let, to, let's just, let's go for two nil win. I reckon um, nice. feel, feel positive. Um, who's who's going to score? I reckon Oscar gets another one. I'm not sure. Tete off the mark, maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe one of the wingers, Tete or Williams, for the other one. Yeah, yeah, nice one. I yeah, I, I'm like you. I, I kind of feel like as soon as I as soon as I give in and, and sort of tip a win and get too positive, we're gonna drop points or lose, and I'll just Look, feel I like oh, why did I? The only win, the only game I've tipped for a win is the cup game that we lost. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I, Look, I'll, I'll probably be cautious. I'll say a one-one draw because I just, you know, I'm happy just to keep the points ticking over, and I'll take that point. Um, yeah, I reckon Oscar's going to score another one. He seems to like scoring at the MKM, so I'm sure he'll get on the score sheet uh, in this one as well. Um, but thank you for joining me, Dan. No, that's all right. Um, as I said, it is be- quick, quickly becoming an absolute joy to to watch and discuss City again with all of the positivity that that surrounds the joint. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a, a brilliant season um, with hopefully a lot more highs to come over the coming weeks and months. So we'll be here to to cover all of that, discuss all the fallout from all our victories, numerous as they will be over this season, I'm sure. Um, so until this time next week, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber Black. There's no turning back, cause you're right.